Hey everyone, welcome to Get Your Shine Box. My name is Chris, uh, I'm with my brother Tristan. Hello. And this is a podcast about parenting and movies and parenting. And movies. I think, did I mention the movies? <laughs> and parenting. Right. I think we nailed it. If, anyway, if there's guesswork about what we're doing here, uh, you need help. Because I think we pretty much covered uh, the bulk of what's here. But anyway, yeah. uh, welcome to the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so t- this week, yep. this week we decided to tackle... Big Trouble Little China. Well, that's not true. We actually tackled, a, we tackled I'm one a movie first. Fucking lying was so, already. so bad that we had to pick a second movie. And that's this right. has never happened to us before. But No. Uh, and, and this is hard because I loved the first movie we picked. Yeah. Quite a bit as a kid. And I always thought, well, this is like, it was cool. And there's still one incredibly cool thing about oh, that film. Yeah. Which, you know, anyone who's seen it will know. Yeah. But, um, so we're, but yes. We're talking about John Car- Carpenter's. They live. They live. So, you know, Roddy Piper. Rowdy. Rowdy, Roddy Piper. He's less, well, he gets rowdy, but he starts off pretty dour. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Dowry. Rowdy. Roddy he was more like, yeah, crowdy. Or, yeah. He's, he hated the Germans. <laughs> no. no. No, that's, that's uh. an illusion. <laughs> Playing with words there. Yeah, no. So, it, I mean, we watched that first movie thinking this is going to be, you know, interesting. Yeah. And it's going to be cool. And we're like, I always have been a John Carpenter fan. Like, well, love his stuff, and I mean, mm-hmm. so we had a chance to take that little number in, and then we decided to change gears radically based on the stinkiness of it. Well, you want to talk about rose-colored glasses. That that movie is absolutely rose-colored glasses, because you're right, when I was young, checking it out, like there's, you know, uh, Roddy's, he's in great shape, he's, he's a um, great, uh, you know, looking character in this in this decrepit city, and, and he gets embroiled in some alien nonsense some hoot nanny and uh yeah it, uh, it just does not hold up it like does not, it is. no you know so the the problem with john carpenter is yeah. you've got to have a guy who knows how to deliver his dialogue yeah and he writes really specific stuff and you know in the right hands mm. it's pretty awesome in the wrong hands it's they live it is they live <laughs> yeah. and i love keith david too like he was fun and uh, there's fun bits and the part you were talking about which is so great is that epic long easily 10 minute long fight scene oh the two of god them. it was so cool like, so good but you unfortunately you can't make that the centerpiece yeah. of the whole film and have the rest yeah. of it just kind of be a bit of a what yeah yeah it was just yeah it Great idea, not great executed. And you're right, they didn't have a strong enough person to <laughs> and, carry and, that. Oh my God. And then Helen Shaver is like, how do you not know that she's evil or a robot? She is like an emotionless, like her eyes are hypnotic. Exactly. You get swimming around in those fucking things. And so anything she says, you're just like, what? All I hear is Dreamweaver. <laughs> but uh, to actually like have her deliver stuff, you're like, oh, what? She's, she's not great. You know, she literally played a character called Evil Lynn. That's right. <laughs> you know? Oh my god, that was a perfect cast. <laughs> you know, like uh, you just you don't even have any emotions. Like you are yeah. a cold, heartless killing machine. Sure, that was really well done. Can we can we actually watch Master of the Universe one time and that's, do a review on that? one? That's happening next. Okay, okay. I'm, yeah, well, I'm in because let's that is such that a up. storied, awesome, oh like sinking like studios oh. and where they went from one idea to another idea to that massive turn. <laughs> oh, I can't believe. But apparently, Frank Langella loved it. He loved playing Skeletor. <laughs> well, who wouldn't? It's such a juicy role. Yeah. You know, it was an uncomfortable costume. Uh, it was really, really shitty. They tried to set him up. That he you would are come really back. selling me on this. I could see why a guy oh. with that much experience would have just like, but yes. But he ate it. Num, 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 num. He ate it up and he 
loved it. Was apparently. he just trying to crack Evil in up the whole time? And that was his thing. So seriously, break. Yeah. God, fuck. Look, look at me. Uh, <laughs> clown nose on and really uh, floppy uh, boots. Like nothing's no doing kidding. it. Jesus, is it cold in here? I'm all skin and bones. <laughs> ah, like, come on. Yeah, We're having a lot of fun here. <laughs> nothing. Just, no, yeah. No, blank face. We're not. No. Uh, so we, you know what? We pulled the plug. We thought, okay. This we could try to extract some good learnings out of this film, and I'm sure if we worked hard enough, but we do not want to work that hard. So you know what though, you did bring yeah. up one thing that we could let's just give it a one quick send-off about your topic, rose sure. covered colored glasses. Yeah. If there was a piece of advice you could give your kids just about romanticizing the past mm. or thinking about things being one way when really they're another, what yeah. would you take away from that film? Like they live, what what could you say to your kids to sort of go, look? There's going to be times in your life where you're going to think one, you're going to see it really in a way that isn't 100% accurate and allow yourself to have some perspective. Can I list 10? 10 things I could take away? No, No. but we're going to get to challenges around numbers that I'm just going to throw at you or back at me that is going to be the challenge. But on this one, I want one thing because I don't want to devote any more time than the one good thing about it. What's the one good takeaway you had? I think I could tell them. I could say like, look, the movies that you loved when you were younger don't always hold up. But take a minute and try to look at what they were trying to do here. Oh, that's a good one. You okay. know, they were trying to make, and, and definitely he was trying to make a very obvious commentary on uh, your on society, on capitalism, yes. on consumerism. Yeah. And just where is that coming from and, and what drives that and, and that sort of that human greed you know, he actually gave it a face, or not a face, I guess, because the aliens really didn't have faces, per well, se. I was going to say, <laughs> instead of writing a really deep and rich social commentary and kind of yeah. adding some layers, he just, I'm going to make this a bad makeup option and yeah. just goon these things out, because holy smokes, there's some bad makeup in that film. Like, yeah. This is where John Carpenter went from like a nice, you know, well, so Big Trouble in Little China budget where, yeah. you know, it was... It's not perfect, but I mean, again, makeup was pretty good. A lot of the creatures yeah. were pretty good. Like mm-hmm. this was a decent run at it. He had fifty bucks and a pack of smokes to keep that whole oh, crew going, seriously. and it was just rough, man. Like those, yeah. the it aliens was... specifically, were really, really rough. <laughs> it was not the incredible body horror of the thing, no or something like it was. Not. And how are you getting the teens in? Like that one nude scene at the end oh, yeah. where it's like, "What's wrong, baby?" <laughs> And you've got the alien getting humped by the one human woman and just that, yeah. and that's the closing scene. That is a closing scene. So, yeah. you know, just, just try to fight for an R rating maybe? Just to, you know, people going to come see for the scandal. <laughs> Ooh. This is gay like this. Look, no, at, this. look at this now. This is a naked lady. That's right. I, put that I got in a little bit movie. of everything in it for you. I got capitalism. I got aliens. I got boobies. Yeah. I think the trifecta. The big three. That's right. Some studio exec just probably an alien himself oh, chomping no, away in a okay. cigar like whoa yeah. whoa too close too, too close. soon yeah no pan that can that <laughs> film because it is scratching a surface that I am not prepared to have scratched <laughs> that's yeah. it so anyway yeah that's that's yeah and I would agree with you I mean I think hmm. um, oftentimes when you're a kid you kind of go oh shit that was a great film and so yeah. uh, we talked before about Wrath of Khan mm-hmm. and you know that's a movie like you see it way back and then you see it again when you're older and you're like Holy, like, even though obviously technology and things have changed, um, it does hold up. It does. And so that's the difference between, like, really um, crafting something that's got longevity and legs and, you know, maybe there's 
something about doing something well versus just trying to put a stamp on things and maybe slapping together a bunch of pieces and making this gestalt that really doesn't <laughs> land, especially when he can't be support. Like, this must have been a passion project. Yeah. Um, and good for him. You know yeah. what? We all do those things that we love. That's like this. Yeah. This podcast, something, love to do it. Super, yeah. super fun. Probably going to be like something we look back on and just like, <laughs> I hope not. I mean, again, ah. I, I, I think we're having fun with it. That's if somebody the, listens to it, I'll be happy. Hey, you that's know what? really all up. That's I've the bench. I've already got coworkers looking to have me get fired somehow who will love to take away little tidbits from this. Like just, whoa, whoa, whoa. So. And just take it out of context, like chop <laughs> okay. together. Hey, like, remember that time yeah. you said I, I was doing I a voice? Every <laughs> No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know that any of them are that sophisticated with editing software, but if they are, you win Kudos. this round. Well played. Kudos to you. Well played. Ah. Anyway, let's move on to a much better film. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Big Trouble in Little China, as Tristan sort of mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so this is a guy... Now let's talk about Kurt Russell handling some of those John Carpenter lines, because holy smokes, like just well, everything is awesome. Wonder, His choices. His choices are great. You're exactly right. I wonder if he... But I think he attacked it from the optics, from the view of... I think she was trying to do a real John Wayne-y kind of thing. Yes. So he was, it was him playing John Wayne, reading those lines. And maybe that's the difference, is that he made really strong choices about who Jack Burton is going to be. And so that that came out better when he, he handled it better because there was just this beautiful arrogance. Well, and think about how much John Carpenter work he's done up to this point. So yeah. you've got, you know, at least two films. So you've got The Thing, you've got Escape mm-hmm. from New York. Yeah. Uh, so he definitely knows his material, so he knows how to do the serious stuff. Yeah. But I think John Carpenter just said to him, you know what? Take that same kind of like, you know, macho character, take the Snake Plissken yeah. and make him a total asshole. <laughs> like just a, more, well, I guess more a fun asshole, a likable yeah. asshole. Snake Plissken's an asshole, but he's a different kind, right? He is, he is. He just, he gives no Fs, right? No, That's all Plissken is. Where you can definitely see like, uh, Jack Burton, he does give Fs. Like he is a, he does. he's a pretty thoughtful guy. He's got a big heart. It's, it's wrapped up in a big, you know, smelly, you know, cheese wrapper, but it's oh, pretty, yeah. pretty good. But, but there's no apology for it. And no. that's it. Like the opening scene, where, uh, uh, you know, Wang tries to cut the bottle and Kurt just catches it, right? To yep. show that that prowess. He's actually only one gift. He yeah, has. turns out. He does <laughs> actually have skills to pay certain bills. He does. Yeah. But just, just, you know, that's all right. It's all in the reflexes. Like, there's no apology for that. It's just, well, I, I'm incredible the other with thing, my reflexes. This is, yeah. like, it's like that actual event has happened to him a hundred times. Yeah. Like, he's like, he's catching bottles down the street all the time. Like, people are in a bar and just whipping shit at each other. Just, (laughs) Bud Light, not bad. Mm. Uh, Thanks for this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So, if you could do me a favor, give the listener Mm -hmm. uh, a two-minute or three-minute synopsis of the show. That's all I'm going to do. Two to three, two to three minutes synopsis. So, um, we uh, immediately were introduced to a character named Jack Burton, who was embroiled in something because the very first scene, which was a pickup, actually was added because they thought people just wouldn't get it. Right. So we want some exposition. Yeah. This is so, Igshen. Yeah, Igshen and the lawyer there. So they, um, Igshen's talking about um, Jack Burton, um, how he was instrumental in um, assisting in something that is far beyond mortal understanding yeah, and mysterious events, Chinese magic and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. like that. So then we get introduced to Jack, Jack, um, and he, oh my God, and he's right on the CB giving those beautiful pearls of wisdom. Oh yeah, just talking right out to the, the yeah. universe out there. Universe. Yeah. But but here's what I love. In the yeah. one scene that he's talking away, so yeah. he's talking with the CB in one hand and he's kind of driving away and then instantly pulls up his other hand and he's got a sandwich in it. <laughs> like, how is he driving 
penis? Is he like just steering it with his penis? Like, but probably so. Probably because it, it's all the reflexes. Jack, it's all the reflexes. Well, ween flex or pee flexes. I, I'm sure there's a pun in there somewhere that oh, you know, as a dad, I can you know labor labor around or shoehorn in. But keep cooking that. No, okay. let that percolate. I'll be back with you. No it's, it's bubbling now. Anyway, please continue with synopsis. Uh, okay, so um, he meets his good friend. You already immediately know there's a bit of history. Um, uh, Wang, uh, Wang and him are gambling, and it establishes a bit more of their their um, relationship. And um, uh, Wang then says, "You have to go pick up my future wife. This this girl I met back in China. She's love of my life. I finally have enough money to send her over, and and my life is complete." So. Um, He's going to go pick her up, but he owes Jack money. So Jack goes with him. Right. They go to the airport. This is where we get introduced to Gracie Law. Good old Kim Cattrall. Yeah, Gracie Law. Well, here's, so here's some lazy writing, though, on John Carpenter's part. Gracie Law, lawyer. lawyer. You know what? Come on, man. Like, yeah. I'm Jimmy Human. I am a human. No like, kidding. Okay. Uh, I'm Phil Garbage Man. No I Well, I'm... I, I do garbage. I'm ob. Obvious. <laughs> what I do here is pretty straightforward. It's pretty, yeah, yeah it's right, written on my, anyway, please continue. <laughs> so um, there, uh, his girlfriend gets captured by the Lords of Death, which are a gang in <laughs> San Francisco, San Francisco, <laughs> Chinatown. Yeah. And they're such a good Samaritans, really. I mean, yeah, I think, really. Don't, don't let the name fool you. <laughs> the Lords of Death. Yeah. So they, um, I'm sure it, like in the, in the Chinese translation, it's much more elegant. But um, I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> be more intimidating. So, so uh, girlfriend gets captured, and they chase after the lords of death because Wang knows where their hideout is. Right. Uh, at the same time, um, Gracie Law is protecting another girl uh, who is coming from China. So they go and they try to find this, these guys, uh, their their headquarters, right. and they run into this uh, kind of like a civil war between these two other rival factions. Right. The um, Chang Sings and the Wing Kong. You know too much about the names. Holy smokes, oh good for you. God, I love this film so How much. How many times have you seen it? So many, so many. Very Actually, good. you know what? Uh, sidebar, uh, at your wedding, you got us to put a quote on the inside of the jacket, the suits that you bought us. Right. And my quote that I put in was, it's all in the reflexes. Very nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I do love this film. Right. Uh, so so they go and they get caught up in this this kind of civil war. Unless you were prepping for wedding night with just that code. <laughs> on the reflex. <laughs> Where are you going? Wait, wait, wait. That's the loneliest wedding. <laughs> it's a good thing you weren't single that night. I, I know. That I been... know. <laughs> well, actually, Bailey, ladies, it's, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah? Ah? I got. I did you read that? It's. I mean, it's crowded, but did you read it? No kidding. Sorry, the stenciling. Go, <laughs> please continue. So, um, yeah, they, they go and uh, uh, there they also get to uh, meet the three storms, which are these mystical um, kind of uh, demigods that control elements and work for um, the main bad guy, which we get to meet briefly. He runs them over. Right. right? But it is Lopan. That's right. So yeah. David Lopan looks. Like, pretty scary. He's, like, seven feet tall. Yeah. He's this looming figure. Mm -hmm. uh, he looks very, like, you know, full of life and, mm -hmm. and um, potency. Like, he looks like yeah. a pretty scary dude. Yeah. So, so a great establishing, like, cool, awesome bad guy. Yep. So, um, that fails. They get the escape. They get back to Wang's restaurant. 
Um, there, uh, Gracie Lodge just sort of pops up <laughs> briefly, <laughs> and they they learn that. Why when, are you here? I know, right? It's just, like, it's just me. It's Gracie Lodge. Okay. <laughs> I love how she has to say who she is each time she comes. Like, does well, she suffering from some self esteem? I know. Well, we talked about this. Like, she was like straight out of like a a, a, a noir 50s film. or serial. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, it's me, Gracie Law. I'm here to uphold the law. Okay. <laughs> So, um, they try to get her from this brothel, the Wang's um, future wife. Right. But she gets abducted by the storms. Uh, and so the storms are gone. They bring her to Lopan. They discover that she's at the Wing Kong Exchange, which right. is owned by David Lopan. So they go there to try to spring her. And they actually find a bunch of other women there, like lots of like slave trade kind of thing. Ooh. Which is, yeah, which, which kind of like, it's kind of glossed over. You don't really... Um, you know, you don't really get into that portion much, but there's some pretty horrific things happening. There. Right. So they free all the all the uh, the women in the um, uh, this sort of uh, sex trade, trade. Yeah, sex yeah, trade yeah, kind sure. of thing. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, it's funny they do kind of gloss over a lot of these pretty heavy topics. Like, yeah. <laughs> all right, ladies, come with me. Yeah. Like, but but really, like, yeah. Anyway, it, it is. It's super interesting. I want to talk about um, when we get a chance to. Yeah. Uh, just about your take on whether you felt like it was uh, fair to be fair to the race. Yes. Like fair to the race part portion yeah. of it. Because I think that's interesting. I do. Um, I want to talk about that too. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'll finish this up as fast as I can. Because it's um, been two minutes, and I think uh, it's been mm -hmm. like nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, two minutes. No, I know, I know. You know, I, I got the gift of the gab. Uh, two minutes well, is hard that's why to we're doing this, right? Yeah, I know. Son of a bitch. Anyway, so um, they, they managed to escape, but um, Gracie Law gets abducted as well. And Gracie Law has green eyes, and it turns out that Lopan is like this ghost. He is cursed to walk the earth in this decrepit old man body. Um, good old James Hong, who yeah. is an absolute amazing oh, yes. guy. I love he's so him. So funny in this. I, lo I love him as like a villain, yeah. but I love him as the old decrepit uh, Lopez. Oh yeah, like, he's, he's such a. Yeah. I know. Anyway, so um, yeah, they learn that um, he needs a woman with green eyes to break the curse that this god had cursed him with, or this demon, and so he needs a woman with green eyes. He finds two because it turns out Wang's girlfriend or fiance has well, green eyes as well. well so but the thing is they could have lots of green women that exist on earth but they have to do this ritual where yes. they survive that's so that's the big differentiator that's right? like so trial of the burning blade that's oh my god too i know i know so yeah. <laughs> so it turns out that both women are able to survive the trial of the burning blade right. which doesn't seem that bad i mean they just kind of like hang on to a sword and then touch a big globe tell you what i'm gonna lift you up by the blade of a sword <laughs> and let me know how you survive on that I'm sure it'll be fine. I think the hardest part of that whole ritual is just watching that one guy dance for five hours. Like, I know. Is it thunder? Yeah. He's just going on. I'm like, oh, like, I think, yeah. Honestly, I know he's a martial artist, and this is probably something that's, like, incredibly difficult to do or has yeah. a lot of cultural significance, but honestly, just. I know. It was filler. Yeah, it was filler. No kidding. Oh, shit, we got ten minutes. We got oh, my God. I'm not going to get the. I'm not going to make it. The studio says, the guy from Alien, like, or from They Live, just. <laughs> Good. Ten more minutes, Carpenter. How's your social commentary now, motherfucker? <laughs> anyway, uh, so, okay, finish this off. They go and they come back uh, to the Wing Kong Exchange, but with <clears throat> other uh, warriors. Right, the, they bring uh, the gang back. Yeah, yeah, the Cheng Sings. So they bring the Cheng Sings back, and there's a massive battle uh, full of magic and mysticism and creatures and all sorts. And we'll get into this, but Jack Burton almost does absolutely nothing. Yeah, he's he basically KO'd for most of that fight, <laughs> which is that much better. Like, here's a guy oh, with great reflexes, probably great in a it. fight, but the, yeah. fuck, the fact that he had to kind of like get knocked out and not even enjoy it. 
Oh, Beautiful. chef kiss. Chef kiss. Oh, wow. I know. I love it. Again, this is why Carpenter just, yeah. you know, some, this is such a hit compared to the miss. And exactly. They Anyway. So they manage to defeat Lopan. Um, Jack does it. Jack actually kills Lopan, which is amazing. Right. Because he becomes human. Or, and how does he do mortal. it? With, uh, with his reflexes. With his reflexes. He catches a knife. And, well, first he throws the knife and totally misses. He whips yeah. it. It hits uh, some gong. A massive gong. Yeah. And Lopan picks up like, good knife, Mr. Burton. Burton. Yeah. yeah. And he catches it with his reflexes and whips it back. But right. there's reasons why. Anyway. Um, so they win. They, they manage to free uh, the two ladies, Gracie Law and uh, Wang's girlfriend. <gasps> oh, I was going to say my favorite part is the end. Go on. Keep going, please. And so then they leave. And it ends beautifully with, uh, well, Jack Burton, like, this he leaves. Uh, well, he's getting ready to go. He's getting and, ready. And, and they're like, uh, the friend, uh, the reporter. Yeah, there's a reporter. has really a very flimsy kind of reactionary role. But, I mean, it's yeah. just kind of nice. She plays, like, kind of a love interest for... Um, Donald Lee. Donald Lee. Yeah. So he just, I don't even know what happened to that guy. (laughs) The best line, though, is when she's like, I I must be so monumentally naive. And he just leans over without skipping a beat and goes, you are. (laughs) (laughs) But he's into it. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, uh, So yeah, she's saying, oh, you know, are you going to kiss her goodbye? And uh, Jack Burton just takes a beat and goes, no. (laughs) And leaves. And just goes. It's so cool. You know, again, like so, there were so many opportunities in uh, this movie where the cliches could have been, yes. you know, the one thing gets acted on. Like, so Jack Burton is a great fighter. Maybe he ends up like winning the whole thing single handedly, mm. and he does have a hand in obviously resolving it. Yeah. But he's a basically non-factor for most of it. Yeah. And then that one choice, you just you kind of look back a little bit and go, "Well played." Yeah. Like it's just a really neat choice for Carpenter to not Im- empower that that cliche. And this is one of the reasons, again, why this movie is just, it's elevated above kind of any of the nonsense that was yeah. kind of out in the 80s. Lots of great action films. Yeah. Lots of not great action films. But this, this was something special. So to the backstitch it. So that's the, that's the movie as a whole. I mean, there's lots more in it, right? right. And we'll talk about that. But, but just to backstitch back what you talked about around the rose-colored glasses around watching They Live. So fascinating here because watching it now, as opposed to a kid, I am appreciating this movie on... 18 different right. levels yep. this film yep. where I was loving and appreciating it for not radically different reasons but probably more surface reasons you know well you know we've talked in the past about like you know what are the things you look for as a teenager yeah. about how do you validate a film and so a lot of that stuff is you know is there gunfight yeah is there good fighting sequences mm-hmm. you know I'm not looking for the kissing I'm not looking no. for not Just necessarily a book you know, <laughs> oh my god I'm gonna princess bride the shit out of this <laughs> no it's uh it's always the, the more like the surface things right yeah. but anytime when you can see something that's got some endurance it's when you discover those layers yeah. or you know you get a sniff of something where you're like huh yeah. Well, that's kind of different. Hmm. And I, I love the ones that start to make you think because that's when you start to seek different paths in film. Yeah. So this, it, this was definitely an awakening of sorts. It was. And, and, and again, to your point, is that, like thinking about John Carpenter's sort of thought process in this. I mean, I, I haven't seen another movie where he's been this playful. This, no. you know, no. trusting of the material. Yeah. And, and, but look at that cast, though. I mean, yeah. there's so many guys. Well, I mean, the main cast. Yeah. So you've got, you know, um, you've got Kurt Russell, and he yeah. is like someone who's a trusted entity. He's been doing yes. work with him for a long period of time. Yeah. You know, he's probably seen him do some playful stuff and thinking in his head, like, mm-hmm. oh, wait a minute. Maybe there's more to this guy that I could be doing. Yeah. Like, one million percent, this role was written with Kurt Russell in mind. Like, 100%. That, that was absolutely 100%. stamped with him. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, you get those little clues, and then you start to think, wow, this is um, 
this is something that would be interesting for me because so he gets started with Halloween, right? Like that's kind of his one big breakout film. Yeah, well, that was the big breakout. I think he did things before then that I don't know his filmography well enough, but that was kind of the thing that put him on, the, on, on the notice. Map. Yeah, sure. was Halloween for sure. Yeah. Okay, but so you mean you got uh, Halloween, yeah. you've got The Thing, yeah. you know, and even when you start to get into Escape from New York, yeah. like you start to see it's all it's all very serious stuff, it's all a little mm-hmm. bit dark, it's a little bit edgy, yeah. you know, it's all of the, he's got a real mood and uh, temperament to his films, Yes. and then there's this, it's such a departure. Yeah. Unfortunately, it goes too much the other way by the time you get to They Live, where it was like, well, let's bring in some other satire, but yeah. you have to have someone who can definitely handle that material. Yeah. I'm even surprised you know, if initially maybe Kurt Russell was in the running for that film, or sort mm-hmm. of went, hey, I want you to do this. And he was like, oh, no. No, thank you. <laughs> no. The hand that feeds me? <laughs> like, no kidding. You probably you know, took a step back and said, I, I think I'm going to yeah. bow out of this one, John, but uh, yeah. fill your boots. Fill your boots. And boots got filled. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest wrestling boots you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Which is too bad, actually, for Keith David, because I think that was a really good performance for him. I, he was, he's great. I haven't seen a bad film with Keith David. Well, a bad performance yeah. of Keith. I've seen some bad films with Keith David. In, well, but, case in point. Yeah. But exactly. uh, but he was pretty fun in that one, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, so there's tons of great themes in this film. Yeah. But the one I really wanted to talk about, and I know that this isn't a movie review show, but yeah. uh, I think this is interesting because I talk about, like... We've talked in the past about prejudices. Yeah. And some of the prejudices that sneak in. And the one that's, that we, even when we were watching, we were asking ourselves about was racism. Because in this film, was yeah. this to honor the Chinese culture or were they maybe making fun of it? Yeah. And, you know, because of the number of Chinese people that were in the film, yeah. about how much they kind of held it reverentially mm-hmm. and how important it was and how much uh, gravitas they gave it, I want to say that I don't think it was racist at all. In fact, I think he was very much trying to be like, this is a cool, interesting thing that no one has really written about yeah. that much in popular uh, fiction. Yeah. And I want to give it some airtime because I think it's it's neat. I don't know. What's your take? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Uh, you know, hard, obviously, because we are too... I mean, our ethnic backgrounds are Chinese, 100%. Well, <laughs> well not at all. Well, we, we, we took ham, uh, which is reversed from ma, yeah. which is actually our Chinese. No, Chinese. it's not even close. We it's are like not, so, so privileged and distanced from any... <laughs> although, okay, well, yeah. one topical item, and this is just from my dad, right. uh, is as it turns out, we actually are culturally attached to every single culture that exists because... We were talking about Ukraine yeah. yesterday, and it turns out we we're very Ukrainian, ah. also very Polish, German, ah. French, French. Uh, Chinese English, is in there. Chinese. We have some native, uh, yeah. apparently some Aboriginal. Um, so it doesn't matter what culture it is, somehow we've got a little we, bit. We are a smelting pot, which gives us <laughs> the right, yeah. oh. nay, the duty yes. to comment Champion expertly. our people in this one. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, but no. Uh, but no, Benny. You know what? And it was. It was the way that like I got excited about and the the Chinese culture and the mysticism and the things I talked about. And and I want to say that it was well researched. I don't know though, but I, I I think I saw something about that. Oh, but it was very very. Uh, to me, it was very honoring of of these this great mythology, great mysticism, um, awesome lead uh, Chinese actors and. Uh, um, you know, I thought it was a great representation. That was my optic there. No, I, yeah. I, yeah, I totally feel like this was something where, you know, yeah. be- because there's lots of sensitive topics. Like we talked about Commando yeah. in the past. And, you know, he's like, you know, why call him Boy George? Why not call him Girl George? Like, so LGBTQ, like, sensitivities, right? Like, you know, the movies don't always age that well. And so there was probably a temptation, if they weren't honoring this correctly, 
to maybe put this film in a bad light, but I certainly don't. I wasn't squeamish watching. I was like, yeah. Mm. I mean, did... I had a question, but I wasn't. Yeah, exactly. I didn't feel like it was a send up, a parody, or a mockery, or some kind of, um, you know, <laughs> Mel Brooks esque. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> just thinking about Community, and yeah. you've seen that show. Yes. Okay. Oh, Community. I love Community. Yeah, with Chang. Yeah. And he's like, so when he's the Chinese Mexican teacher, he's like, oh, it's grootable. <laughs> there was none of that kind of like feel to it where you're like, oh boy, oh, yeah. just packing it on. Yeah. That was not this. No, no. So I felt like it honored it really well. And so it was, it was neat because um, they took us deep into what I hope was a lot of good uh, Chinese mysticism and culture and things like that. And, and like you said, I don't think there was ever a moment when they kind of made light of it. In fact, um, Jack threw himself in it. He never sort of, I mean, he made sort of comments about the situation, but I think he would make that comment regardless of being put in a supernatural <laughs> position. I don't think it was like <laughs> the supernatural dismissive. didn't face him yeah. ever. He's just he's the same dude no matter what. <laughs> he he was he was and is and I, that was the beauty of it is that I don't think. I mean, his his world grew a little bit, but I don't think he grew very big. No, you know, no, I mean, he was still the same character, kind of moving around within it. But now, just like a new set of experiences, where he still maintained his level of awesome. Yeah, like he yeah. just that's unflappably cool all yeah. the time. Yeah. So, um, a, a departure from Big Trouble Little China here, just for a moment. If you bear with me, if you just stay with me for a minute, if you don't mind, please, yeah, I'm please, here. I'm here. I'm ba- I'm asking you. No, I'm. If I'm gonna I'm gonna take. Your your silence as a yes. I'm giving you permission <laughs> to really hijack this whole thing for your own needs and purposes. My own purposes. Just, uh, no. I want to use this as a platform to um, to give you a platform to maybe talk about a certain product. I guess so. Um, I'd like you to sort of to uh, talk us through perhaps maybe one of our sponsors for this show. You know what? I think it's time. Like yeah. so, we definitely need to monetize this if we're ever <laughs> going to, you know, retire. I, I mean, my plans to move to Costa Rica. So yeah. I was thinking that people need to see how good we could be at advertising their products and or services or businesses. Precisely. So <clears throat> yeah, I thought if we came up with fake businesses, yeah, and we talked about them, mm-hmm. uh, and just really sold the idea. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. What's the first product? So here? I've got uh, I've got one business I was thinking about that yeah. I think would be really good. I think yeah. Okay, so it's Forest Dump <laughs> Plumbing Supplies. Nice. No kidding. Nice. So, um, yeah. you know, one of the great places in town that you can go to get quality plumbing supplies is Forest Dump. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes, you know, you've got the runs, Forest runs, <laughs> and you really need to find a way to, to back that up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Forest Dump really has all the products you need. They've got all the plungers. Yeah. They've got all the scrubbers. Yeah. They've got all the uh, special, like, hard... Snakes. Snakes. They've got yeah. the plumbing snakes yeah. to help to make sure that, you know, if you, uh, you know, yeah. had a box of chocolates that won't quite go down the drain pipe, you know, <laughs> you could try to find a way to declog those. You could. You could. And you know what? They're discreet. Okay? Oh, They're okay. discreet. Well, they you, need, don't... you need discretion. Yeah. They, 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 you need discretion because people don't want to see... You know, some big plumber with a big turd on his truck pulled up in front of your house. People know that you've been punishing your toilet and they will shame you for it. Sure. Shame you for it. I know this from personal experience because I shame my neighbors all the time. Do you just walk over there and say like, she had a big poop, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Huh? Did it go down well? Mm. Yeah. You just sort of say to them, you know, you should have called uh, Forrest Dump. Forrest Dump. Because poop it is as poop it does. (laughs) 
and if you're stupid, yeah, no, okay. I think you can probably write that in. So, uh, yeah, there you go. So you yeah. should try to get your business the next time you have a plumbing problem. Yeah. And uh, you need someone to come and discreetly yeah. help you solve that plumbing problem. Call Forrest Dump. Because I don't know about much, but I know about dump. Forrest Dump. There it is. <laughs> All right, that's good. Lovely. So anyway, we're just playing with this idea, and we're gonna we're gonna try to introduce a couple more. Did you uh, did you have a, a business you thought that maybe would be benefiting from all of this quality? No. Um, uh, you know what? Yeah, but but not as not as um, tight and as seamless as Forrest Dump. I mean, I, I had um, I had uh, Aunt Mary's meat snacks. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, the problem with a lot of uh, preserved meat. Uh, nowadays is that it's full of preservatives. Well, that's it. Right? Jerky, pepperonis, things like that. Oh, yeah, they stop. last I'm, a little I'm, while. You're giving me like, my tapeworm is <laughs> no, like kidding. giggling. Full, full spiral right now. Well, it's funny because this is going to get related to Forrest Dump somehow. Oh, well, isn't it always? <laughs> isn't it? Poop always? jokes are universal. Right? Keep going. Yeah. So um, Aunt Mary's Meat Snacks, what they do is they take away the preservatives. They take away the things that make that meat last long, granted, but will also wreck your guts. So she passed Packages meat that has not been cured or preserved in any way, shape, or form. This now, seems dangerous. Well, you know what? You kind of roll the dice, but hey, you know what's dangerous? What's that? The chemicals that they are constantly pumping into your body from preserved foods. You, you, so you Aunt, something there. Yeah, Aunt Mary's is absolutely 100% natural. It's uncooked to keep it fresh okay. and delicious. Okay. okay. And okay. she jams it into a biodegradable casing, basically a sausage casing, Hangs it in your local supermarket, and that's where you purchase this delicious meat snack. Not unrefrigerated, right? Because you want to pick it up where you get pepperoni and sure, things like that. Sure, sure. Okay. So there is a high chance you will get food poisoning. There is, in mm. fact, a 100% chance. Mm. But also, you get a 100% flavor. Well, I mean, so there's like the long-term pain for the short-term gain. Yeah, and that's what uh, Aunt Mary's all about. I think that, you know, live fast, die young attitude yeah. is what, uh, you know, is keeping the earth nice and toasty warm. That's it. And, um, you know, yeah. really I don't think about tomorrow. Make selfish choices. That's it. I worry about today. Did, did the dinosaurs worry about tomorrow? Well, cranially, I mean, I don't <laughs> think they had the capacity to really think about anything sure. beyond the next leaf yeah. and or delicious other dinosaur that they were going to stuff down their, their throats. Exactly. They knew how to, they knew how to live. In and fairness, so, they also didn't have a lot of preservatives as they were chomping down these other di- uh, dinosaurs. So, right. I mean, you want to talk about paleo? You want to talk about... It's, really, uh, it's checking uh, a lot of boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely keto. Um, <laughs> it's, it, you'll lose weight guaranteed from the constant diarrhea and vomiting. Did we mention Forrest Dump? <laughs> you know, if you're going to go to Aunt Mary's and really, you yeah. know, experience what pleasures of the of the flesh. <laughs> That's her tagline. Ple- no. Enjoy the pleasures of my flesh. Oh my god. <laughs> of a flesh. Of some flesh. Fleshy yeah. substance. Yeah. Uh, then make sure to keep uh, Forrest, Forrest Dump, Dump on speed, speed dial. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> All right. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So um, we'll be expecting that big juicy check. From oh. um, Aunt Mary and Forrest Dump. Yeah, fat stacks. I'm fat expecting stacks. fat stacks. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about um, a little more Big Trouble Little China. Yep. Let's talk about the things that surprised you this t- this time around. Was there anything watching through where you were like, ah, oh, I didn't notice that? Because I, I mentioned it's got 18 layers, like an 18 layer bean dip. Mm-hmm. So was there anything that kind of like popped out? Was there 20 things 
that you... <laughs> <laughs> there definitely wasn't 20 things that popped up to me about that. Nope. That's sort of like just, just popped up. Was there anything that popped up in that um, film that you were like, oh, I didn't, I didn't really I didn't remember that? Or, oh, that's, that's a nice thing I didn't really focus well, on. I think there was little things. Like, it's sort of a, it's a little thing for sure. Yeah. It's super niggling. But I noticed that the one uh, god, the one like storm god, yeah. uh, his weapons were back scratchers. <laughs> I don't think I've really caught that before. Like, you know, they've got the one guy, like, you know, kind of like his like claw things, and yeah, uh, you know, the kind of the so- yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then the one guy was just like, is he just gonna like make <laughs> you uncomfortable? Like, is he just like one of that weird uncle who's like working on your shoulders? Hey. And just, like, <laughs> I mean, he could just reach things really high up, no, or yeah, or like one of those grabby fists and stuff. Like, you could, uh, anyway, a robot claw. Um, you know, here's the thing I really loved about this film, and yeah. it's it's sort of. After watching They Live, I was kind of expecting to be disappointed. Yeah. To go, yeah. I've romanticized John Carpenter, yeah. and now I'm going to see this. And I probably haven't seen that film. I mean, obviously, you've seen it a ton of times, but oh, yeah. it, I didn't. it hasn't worked its way into the, my canon as much. And I'm not sure why that is. But hmm. anyway, what I really thought about it was, like, it's so funny. Yeah. Like, and it, it, just the difference between how strong an actor Kurt Russell is and his ability to make those lines that are not super substantive. Yeah really so juicy yeah um yeah i think that's a pleasant you know so as we've gone through this whole process of looking at older movies yeah and kind of coming back and some of them we do just because they're novel and some of them we do because they actually had like a really strong place in our hearts yeah but i'm like this is making me happier to go back into other films that i haven't seen maybe in a while <laughs> and really having that expectation of this is going to be great like yeah. i'm going to revisit some things i'm going to see some things so i, I think Overall, I don't know that I was surprised by a lot, but I definitely felt an optimism about what we're working on. That's nice. So that's my big takeaway. I was like, oh, you know what? Um, It's not that I ever feel like this is a chore. And in in truth, I always just want to make these podcasts great. Like I always think it's it's great opportunity for us to chit chat and talk about stuff. And I always feel good afterwards. I'm like, ah, this was fun. (laughs) But sometimes like the exercise, you might go, oh, it's it's extra work and it's time. And we lead busy lives. Like we've got kids and families and all that kind of business. We're so busy. We uh, we are leaders in the community. Oh my god! So. No, so lazy. <laughs> but, it's, so lazy. but it's but honestly, like th- that was my big takeaway. I'm like, this is such yeah. a great undertaking. I'm, I love that I get to do it with you. Oh, that's nice. So, oh, yeah. That's my thing. How about you? What did you find? Uh, yeah. I can't find anything new at this point. I mean, again, well, you've seen it a few times. You know what? You know, I'm gonna say I absolutely agree with what you said. It, it does it. It this movie brings me joy and it makes me happy. And it's not that the movies we have watched thus far haven't made me happy because i like them for various different reasons right but this one has always had a great place in my heart you know when we talked about commando it was a bit more in a mocking style yes, right like, sure. it was, oh it was it's yeah you know. uh, i was just i was gonna say so uh just so that everyone knows we just finished uh st paxton's day mm. uh and we definitely want to talk about vernon wells yeah because we talked about him in commando and we'll, we'll maybe address this another time holy shit but that just was so like wild he showed up in weird science i know and he's <laughs> like so awesome villain he's basically the mad max character which is why they cast him for sure yeah, in that. yeah. but um but you know going back to these old films and stuff mm. you definitely get a chance to kind of go ah and there's these like fun aha moments yeah um so yeah. so you know what we were through this podcast we're trying to think about okay how does this relate to family how does this relate to, to fatherhood and things like that and i'm not going to go existential i'm not going to try to really dig and scrape for some kind of massive connection for this one i'll tell you the thing that pops into my head easily is i just want to share this with my kids oh that's really cool that's all i want okay it's just to share this movie not to extract all the things but just (laughs) to see them 
if they enjoy it, if they get it. Like, that's what I want to do with this film. Tell me you about know. the challenge of watching films with your kids that you thought were a big deal and then trying to get them to have the same enthusiasm. Oh, just sometimes they just don't care. They hate it. <laughs> we talked like, about Dune yeah. and just try to let, like, sh- let those kids get exposed to like something you thought was cool and then yeah. the horror of like yeah. <laughs> a heart plug. Let's go like, faster. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, is he okay? Like, just, like, no, he, he's just got some ketchup on his chest. That's it. Just a lot of ketchup. They <laughs> carry ketchup in he's a plug. He's having a cardiac uh, bottle of rat. <laughs> and I just pump the bottle and he puts my ketchup yeah. back in. He looks really dead. No, no, I'm no. sure. Didn't that man with all the pustules on his face do that to <laughs> okay. him? Hey, kid snacks. <laughs> forward. No kidding. No, for sure. Yeah, so so it is sometimes kind of disappointing. Like, you know what I did was I, uh, oh, it was, ah. We have this inflatable uh, movie screen. It's a big, mm. massive thing. Yes, it's so fun. Heaps of fun. And um, so we, we sometimes watch films on, on, on various decks and on your lawn and stuff like That's that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And it's wonderful, wonderful. So I set up a film. We were with like another group of friends. And, and I was like, oh, you know what a film I really love? And I think the kids will love it is The Rocketeer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'm going to show them The Rocketeer. And oh, I love this growing up. Like it's, it was a massive Disney hit at all. But it was lots of fun in it. Um, kind of thing and so uh, I set it up but I put it on and they didn't watch two minutes of it <laughs> it just left oh boy yeah and, and I was so steamed I was like go and you watch this film so it's I've kind of I, I really approach it with kid gloves now I don't yeah. it's really difficult like I don't I, I don't put a lot on it because I'm just waiting for them to go this is awful well it's you know? tough when you project your expectations yeah. on them until you're like oh yeah. okay like, maybe this part maybe this part yeah. well, this part's so great and you're like huh? Ah? 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 no, no. Fair <laughs> yeah. yeah what about you so same thing uh, the other night we were having um, we had a special day with Scarlett we took her yeah. to like all kinds of stuff and uh, we met uh, Laura at the mall and we had like a nice big supper um, it turns out she probably has COVID and we probably oh. spread that all over Galaxy Land oh, no. so if any cops are listening uh, don't listen that <clears throat> was not it's uh, yes anyway so then we were watching a movie and I was like okay well what's a family friendly film that we could all watch and I picked Back to the Future because ah. I thought you know it's pretty universal there's a little bit of like swearing like, it's so a little racy they, but... they say shit a few times right yeah that's <clears> about it but it, it's also in the context of like manure or yeah. like whatever or you're going to see some serious shit. Like, yeah. you know, Doc... Oh, my God. Anyway, that's another fun film we should talk about. Oh, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so Scarlett watched it. And uh, the first opening sequence was when Marty's turning up all the gear yeah. to be able to play his guitar. And he blows himself back <laughs> and Scarlett was dying laughing. She's like, ha, ha, ha. I was like, so, parenting. We're done. Here. Fatherhood. Yeah. And then... After that, he was basically checked out for the whole thing. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So same thing. I mean, you right. try to you try to make these um, assumptions about what you think your kids are gonna dig. Yeah. And, uh, and then you hope for the best, and then it's just it's a total crapshoot. I know. Interestingly, the next day she's like, oh, "Can I watch Back to the Future again?" I'm like, oh. "Oh, all right, sure." And then same thing. She got to the part with the guitar. Yeah. And then she turned it off and watched something else. <laughs> but she did. She did enjoy that part of it. So there you go. Take your wins. So great job with yeah. that film with okay. that first bit. Yeah. Yeah. Is anyway. that Zemeckis? That was Zemeckis. Uh, it is Zemeckis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's four. I mean, I'm not yeah. I'm not expecting her to get a lot of the sort of adult humor and some of the nuances. and Exactly. You know, it's... It, uh, Daddy, it's... what about the time paradox? Uh, I, I don't believe... Yeah. Why is that boy kissing his mommy? <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Oh, yeah. So anyway, I was oh, like... Boy. 
yeah. It's not easy to explain some of those things, but yeah, some some some, some things they do, some things they they really do um, embrace and yep. get on top of, and I love it. I love it when they're able to, because yeah. that, like you said, it makes me happy. But I, you're right. I have to temper those expectations because. Tell me about a time when you had a win. What was a good one? Oh, what was a really good one was uh, well, Indiana Jones. Really? Oh, like the first one, like Raiders? Yeah, Raiders. Because and it's. It's pretty scary. It's got the Somebody's ending. Somebody's face melts. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, uh, but I didn't fast forward it through it. I was just like, oh, well, this is going to go down. And, it, you know, they were like, eh. But um, the whole <laughs> film, they loved it. Because my, my daughter's name is Indiana. Right, right. Right. And, um, you know, and she's named after Indiana Jones. And so um, it, it to have her enjoy it, to me, was like, ah, it's a win. Because I think at that around that time... She was also kind of being teased about her name. Interesting. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. So it was like, they were like, Indiana Jones. And she was like, shut up. And she didn't really know it. So after watching it and seeing how competent and awesome oh my God. was, I think. I would be so flattered if people were like mocking yeah. me over that, right? Like, yeah. But I mean, as a girl, you probably don't know necessarily how to take that. That's right. But she saw his ability. I don't, I don't think that continued. Uh, I also, I punched that boy square in the face. Uh, which is just a parenting style. Well, no, but first you put a shoe bag, like a shoe bag over his head, and so he can't really see you. So I mean, as long That's as he's right. like a bind, and then you yeah. punch him a little bit, and you really just intimidate him and take just his money. Parental justice. I, you know <laughs> but that was a good win. They they really enjoyed that film, and then and then obviously we watched Temple of Doom, which yep. is a movie, and then we watched number three, uh, which they loved as well. You know, because well, there was more face melting. That's <laughs> you can't get enough, right? Oh uh, so that there's a disproportionate amount of face melting in those films. There's a there? lot of face melting. Um, and there was, I believe, there was some face melting in Crystal Skull as well. Uh, what's was it, it my face, face watching <laughs> Shia LaBeouf destroy that franchise? Because there was a moment where I'm just like, come on. I know, I know. No, it was. Um, do they um, need a fifth? Uh, well, they're making. It. I know they're making it's it, but do they need it? The do they need it? No. no. Okay. No need never comes into it. How is it that they can't get these IPs reset properly? Like, I don't know. You and I were talking. We went to go see the Batman the other day. Yeah. And uh, same thing. Like it, yeah. that's the big question that some people have about that film right now is: Do you need it? <laughs> is it a film that's needed to be made? And you yeah. know, we were just sort of discussing like, you know, what's your take on uh, you know having the Joker at the end? Is yeah. it is that the way you're going to extend this out? And I mean. I, what do you think about this? Like, is that really, no, you know, a franchise service. that's, okay. It's fan service. And and we had this talk about Joker and just uh, how um, it's, there's such a gold standard now and, and people are trying to do some different various things and different various angles. And uh, well, that's great. That's great. That's great. But it's just like, that felt to me pretty shoehorn. Should we have been spoilers? <laughs> For the Batman? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> did, you, did you say they played poker at the end? Uh, this, they played poker. It's a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? Anyway, the internet's yeah. way more spoily than we are. There you go. You know, there you so go. First, I don't know when this first people have to listen anyway. to this to actually have to worry about spoilers, so yeah. I'm not too not too concerned. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, so you bring up a good point about Batman, um, and, and we had a great discussion about it. Uh, you brought up some good pointers. Uh, as well about Batman, I think that you you brought in some good ideas, and and you bring these ideas uh, into uh, you know uh, your everyday work dissecting movies and things like that. So you should be well, yeah. pretty proud of yourself for that. This is really thoughtful. Yeah, I just I got one thing to say. Yeah, what, what's that? Why don't you go get your fucking shine box? <laughs> Motherfucker. This has been Getcha Shine Box with Chris Ham and Tristan Ham. Intro and outro music by Ross Smith. Tune in for more episodes as we discuss movies we watched and stuff we did as dads.